In the news, Kiss is going to release their 21st album on the 21st of September. It is called Crazy Nights, and it was produced by Ron Nevison, the ace who has helped uh, produce big comeback records for Hart and for Ozzy Osbourne. Now, the first single off Crazy Nights will be Crazy Crazy Nights. The, videos, uh, uh, the video that the band recently shot is going to give us a preview of the show that they're taking on the road starting in November. And Kiss are real proud, and they're not tired of touring yet. last year, and we're going to take it city by city, day by day. We're, we see a lot of good times ahead. No, no long-range plans. You take it a day at a time, and I think that's how you have fun doing it. All right. Thank you, boys. Everything you've heard about the KISS years and the KISS stage shows and the spectacle is true. It's not a legend. We're going to show every new band how the big boys do it. This is better for me the second time than it was the first time because I'm focused and I'm in control and I'm in the greatest band in the world. It's really about a lifestyle and an attitude towards winning. But you're kind of like a spaceman. No, actually, I'm a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> to myself, look, Eric, you're going to do the best you can. You know you're good, you know the songs, and that's all you can do. So it is just like a great opportunity that, that just suddenly landed in my lap. And... This one's going to be exceptional. Now I'm in the best band. I was in some good bands, but now I'm in the best band. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Right Between the Eyes podcast, a KISS podcast with three generations of KISS fans telling you why we love it loud. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode 33. It's a crazy, crazy night with Nick and Nico Caruso. How are you guys doing? This Dude, I'm ready to get a little crazy. A little really in a good, really in a good mood. Really going to be have, have a really fun time today. I feel it, man. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this one. This is cool. This was a, a a surprising, surprising experience for me. Not that I was anticipating it being bad, but it was, I was genuinely shocked at how well this thing we're doing today went for me. Very excited. That is awesome. So while Nico is checking his expectations of what he thought he was getting into today, mm-hmm. maybe you can let him know at our Twitter at RBTE podcast. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash right between the eyes podcast. We're on Instagram and you can email the show at right between the eyes podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube and there'll be some clips that we're going to start doing on YouTube and a little segue here. If the Caruso is going to allow me a couple minutes. I got an idea from talking to a guest that we had on the show on our Ace Freely episode, Brant. He said, you know, a cool idea we could do to kind of start getting to use some YouTube that will say, oh, for an audio meeting, like we're talking about looking at something. So anytime that we're referencing something, I'm going to put little video clips on our YouTube and then we'll have I some full, it. full other shows that are going to be coming up, which I'll talk to the Caruso's off mic about for an idea, but our YouTube channel, look for that. Just look at right between the eyes and you'll find us over there. And if you listen on iTunes, Apple podcasts, or any of the other platforms, uh, leave a star review and a comment and we will read that on the show. Like I said, I'm Rob. We have the Caruso's here. And we're not going to bravely lead. You clicked on it. You know what this episode is. It is our look at crazy nights. And this coming Wednesday being this is the 18th. The 21st is the 35th anniversary of this album. So we've hit some big anniversaries this year. And once I realized that Freely's Comet was celebrating its 35th in 1987, that crazy nights was doing the same thing. I thought this is really kind of cool that the we'll see how well the albums pair to what Ace was doing 
and what Gene and Paul and Bruce and Eric were doing as well. So there'll be a couple little audio clips that I'm going to put in here like this. Howdy folks, MTV Goes Hollywood. I'm Alan Hunter here, living out a real dream. I'm like sitting here next to Hugh Hefner at his mansion. We kind of wanted to call it our own mansion, but we decided no, we were here. <laughs> and we'll be talking to Hugh, if I can call you Hugh. Or Hef. Okay, Hef. Friends do. All right, well, we're going to be talking to Hef over the next couple of segments. We've got Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are over at the bar right now, I think, drinking some pina coladas. But no, maybe it's a root beer. That's what it is. Why don't you stay tuned? Rebecca, Terry, Laura, you know Gene and Paul, right? Yeah, yeah. we know them. You know the girls? Oh, right we chance? know them very well. Hey, uh, Hef said we could wander around the joint, and we knew that you guys were here, so... Uh, well, we didn't know you were coming. We were just yeah. sort of uh, minding our own business, and... Uh, this is just like sort of a regular visitation to Hef's place, huh? I've never been here before, probably <laughs> because they wouldn't want me here. Don't say that, Paul. You know, everybody I'm must... the kind of animal that they couldn't keep in a cage. I see. He's, he's, you're the kind, though, that he wants up here. This is the spice of life. Well, listen, somebody's got to do it. It's very important. The foliage has to grow, and... It has to be watered, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm the one to do it, too. That's right. You said you can interview me, but you also had to do the grass as well. You guys are not just hanging around, though. You came from working on an album. Yes, we're in the middle of recording our 21st album, if you can Holy believe it. Yeah, I yeah. can't. The 21st Kiss album. That's right. What's the name of the band you're in? Are you in the... That's Paul Stanley. <laughs> anyway, we're almost through with it. We're going to start mixing it in about a week, and it'll be out by the end of August, and then we're hitting a trail that's going to last a tour of about eight You're months. A trail, pal, okay? I'm going on He's tour. going on tour. I'm going I on don't trail. Know about this guy. This guy's hitting the trail. I'm going on tour. I want to talk more about the tour, but I'm kind of hungry. You come to Hef's place, you got to have uh, something to drink and something to eat. Well, at least you have food Chew. wise. Whether you swallow or not is a Todd, story. Todd, you have something there? Sure do. Mmm. Right. There's some dark stuff, some light stuff, and some and some <laughs> clear stuff. I'll take the clear stuff. Is there any food, Todd? You got the pizza rets or anything like that? Ron Nevison produced your latest album, Crazy Nights, and the understanding on the street is that you gave Ron Nevison total control as a producer. When you decide to work with a producer, obviously you want to give as much control to them as possible. You don't do something that goes against what you're all about. We didn't go in and say, mold us. You know, it sounds like a Kiss record. The idea was when there's a, a difference of opinions, you, t you tend to give them the benefit of the doubt. Otherwise, why would you want to work with somebody? Ron, Ron's brilliant because, I mean, he's taken some bands that literally had nothing to offer and has put out some really cool hit records. I'm not talking about Heart, you know, I mean, Heart's great, but... Um, I want Anne. That's why we worked with Ron. Everybody keeps because talking Gene about... Gene wanted Anne's number. Everybody keeps talking about this little blonde, you know, pfft, give me woman mountain. Give me the mass of flesh hovering above me, blocking out the sun. <laughs> Oh, God! She's, uh, music's good, too. We so, now, yep, we now return to the search of Ann Wilson. <laughs> Rock musician Gene Simmons is trying to establish himself as a serious, legitimate actor, but it's not an easy transition for him to make, since he's also a fire-breathing, blood-spitting member of the heavy metal band Kiss. Gene dropped by here at the Bellage to give us the inside story. Gene Simmons, but this is the Gene Simmons you might recognize. Simmons is a member of the rock group KISS, 
They're the heavy metal madmen who have sold over 17 million albums. And they're also one part of the proof that when Gene Simmons wants something, nothing can stop him. Anybody that tells you that they pick up a guitar for, you know, some deep artistic, they want girls. That's, what, that's the initial motivation. <laughs> you want to be loved. You want girls just swarming around you like bees to honey. And it works. <laughs> Once the girls are ready, readily available, you start thinking about other things like, I want to be successful, I want to do things that have never been done before, and, you know, but at the core of that, you want to be loved. Well, Simmons' ambition has driven him one step further. At 38 years old, he's not happy just being a rock star. Now he wants to conquer the movies with his role as the cool and calculating terrorist villain of the film Wanted Dead or Alive. This is the guy. I've been waiting to kill him for a long time. I know that um, people have a preconceived notion of me, the, the, you know, the people who do care who Gene Simmons is and what he wants to do, and that's okay. Uh, they think, you know, he's a musician, and what does he want to be an actor for? So I don't have any problems with people having a, uh, you know, all right, let's see what you can do kind of an attitude, because it should be that way. Gene Simmons is out to prove he can rock, he can have as many girls as he wants, he can play a villain, and next he wants to star as a romantic leading man. When he asks himself some questions, <laughs> he knows the answers. Aren't you satisfied doing one thing? No. You want to do everything? Yeah. When? Now. Now. This is the CBS News Nightwatch. And here is CBS News correspondent Charlie Rose. If you know anything about the heavy metal group KISS, you know their motto might as well be, if it's worth doing, it is worth overdoing. Their unique blend of theatrics with rock and roll has not only endured, but also prospered over the 13 years the group has been together. They started out wearing heavy makeup, but these days they show their faces like in their most recent video. has recently released its 21st album. Joining us now in Los Angeles are founding members Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Welcome. Hi, Charlie. How Good talking to you. This is a pleasure for me. Tell well, me, is... let me talk about the album first. Uh, what's new? Anything different? Any new directions? Uh, what can we say about it? Well, I think what we're always trying to do is get better at what we do. Hopefully, with a period of time that goes by, we focus in more on what we're trying to do. I don't think we've ever had any great aspirations to turn into the Moody Blues or some kind of esoteric rock band. Hopefully, we do what we do, and we do it better each time we try. You said something interesting, Paul. I think it was you about what this is all about, and it was something about celebration. Do you remember it? I mean, it was reprinted in one of these publicity releases, but it was interesting about what you're trying to do, in a sense, is provide pure entertainment, but it was more than that. Well, I think, you know, uh, despite what some people may think about us, I think we've always been pretty good role models. We try to tell people that life is worth celebrating. This is the only chance we get. It's like a one-way ticket on vacation. So dress for the occasion, have a good time, and believe in yourself. I think we're the living proof that if you really believe in what you're doing, you can accomplish almost anything. I mean, we are just basically a bunch of guys out of New York City yeah. with a dream. Anything is just a dream until you make it reality. Tell me a little about the dream, Gene, for you, because there was a time when you, as I remember, you came here from Israel, right? Yes. Born in Israel and then came over when you were 9 or 10 and at some point were teaching or doing social work in Spanish Harlem? Um, actually, pretty close. I 
taught for a while at Spanish Harlem. PS 75. Yeah. <laughs> Can Some I? Of the... <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's just interesting to be up on stage uh, thinking that you're teaching when, in fact, what you really want to do is to be up on stage in front of 20,000 people living out a dream. I think I fooled myself for a while. I thought I wanted to you know, do good and, you know, do all, do all this sort of nice stuff that teachers do. Right. I was fooling myself. I wanted to be much more selfish. I wanted to be in front of a captive audience and have them say, you're God. <laughs> and, and it happened. He, he says it to me every day. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> no, I say... He turns to you and says, what? You're God? I say, no, I say, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, not again. <laughs> oh, God. It's, you, know, uh, you know, we kid around a lot about it, but it's really a lot of fun. Above, and, you know, above all else, whatever else may, may happen, we really ha are having a time of our lives. It's Do a you, dream come true. You've heard this before, but it's true. Sorry, I, uh, it's, this is tricky, I told you, okay? Crazy Nights is the 14th studio album by KISS, recorded from March to June 1987 and released on September 21st, 1987. was recorded in Can-Am Records Studios, One-on-One -on -One Studios, Rumbo Records, Los Angeles, and is produced by Ron Nevison. Singles released from the album were Crazy Nights, released on August 18th, 1987, Reason to Live, released on November 1st. 1987 and the final song turn on the night was released on february 27th 1988 since the time of recording asylum kiss were also under new management representation with larry Mazur. a relatively high number of songs from crazy nights were performed live during its support of the tour crazy nights bang bang you no 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 hell or high water when your walls come down and reason to live were all performed only the song crazy nights was retained in the set list for the hot in the shade tour which followed a couple years later. It was dropped after that tour and would not return until 20 years later on the Sonic Boom Over Europe tour. This makes this album one of the least represented in the band's entire catalog throughout their career and their set list, only behind music from the Elder and Carnival of Souls. After the Asylum tour ended, Kiss went on a couple months hiatus due to Gene Simmons' career as an actor and producer, which made the band seem like it was a side job instead of his primary job. Simmons' temporary departure gave space to Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick. Kulick had four writing credits and Carr had one, but almost got other material on the album. Stanley had worked with Desmond Child, Diane Warren, and Adam Mitchell and co-wrote songs Crazy Nights, I'll Fight Hell to Hold You When Your Walls Come Down with Mitchell, I'll Fight Hell to Hold You When Your Walls Come Down were with Kulick, Bang Bang You and My Way and Reason to Live were with Child, My Way with Bruce Turgan, and Turn on the Night was co-written by Stanley and Diane Warren. Crazy Nights peaked at number 18 on the U.S. Billboard charts, making it the highest-charting KISS album of the 1980s. It was certified platinum on November 18, 1987, in Canada a few months later in the U.S. on February 18, 1988. All three singles off the album had corresponding videos and received heavy rotation on MTV, and also were featured on the Crazy Nights home video. The most successful single was Crazy Nights charting in five countries, and the least successful was Turn On The Night, only charting in the UK. The album was very well received by executives at Polygram Records, and was widely reported that during the meeting in which the album was played for them in full, the entire conference room reportedly stood and applauded for a full five minutes afterwards. The excitement was enough for the corporate team to promote the album well past platinum status, cementing it its reputation as one of the benchmarks of the 80s corporate rock. And now our review of Crazy Nights with Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Bruce Kulick, and Eric Carr. 
So there was some stuff kind of getting us set and primed for crazy night right on the top of it. Again, I think just from our generational gaps that we have here on the show, I know where Nico was in 87, non-existent, <laughs> but, and I have a good idea of what Nick, you might be doing for me. I'm still about two years from really discovering the band proper. Like I knew who kiss was and I was aware of crazy nights. My best friend at the time got crazy nights as a cassette tape and was really trying to get me to get into the band. And I was still into my, like, ah, I don't know about kiss and, you know, whatever preconceived notions I had for it. So I think I said it on a previous episode that sometimes you're almost tethered to the hip of like, if your friend doesn't like something, or if you don't like something, then vice versa, your buddy or whoever that is may not solely get into it until both of you have kind of come to that spot. So that's where he and I were with crazy nights. I was aware of the crazy night song, but I couldn't have told you who Gene, Paul, Eric, or Bruce was at this time. It wouldn't be till hot in the shade, but I remember just looking at his cassette tape with the album cover going, Oh, that's, that's a, that's a cool image. And we'll talk about the cover at first. So Nick, I was kind of wanting to pick your brain. Mm -hmm. I kind of knew where you were on the kiss train. Were you aware of this album? You know, like I, again, it was that period in the eighties where I was not paying attention in any kind of a timely fashion to what they were doing. And it was, it was bothering me because there's two songs on this album. There's more that I've come to really love, but reason to live has always been one of my favorites. We'll talk about that later, but I'm even trying to recall the first time I heard that. I'm not sure if it was on MTV or if it was on a bootleg. Remember that famous at the Ritz yeah. bootleg yeah. that I got like maybe seven or eight years later. I just don't remember being in the crazy nights when it came out. Nor do I remember buying the, the set or anything like that. But I was aware of that song and I was aware of Crazy Nights as well. I was aware of it sometime, maybe a year down the road later, something like that. But, but I had no euphoria or no, I'd be lying to you guys if I said I was there or I had any kind of recognition of it. I don't. And Nico, am I correct in saying that Crazy Nights, the song is about all that you really heard from this album being that you did get a seat on the hottest show. Is that right? I did. So for me, a lot of the non-makeup stuff, when I became a Kiss fan, I didn't really gravitate towards just because it didn't, you know, at the time feel like what Kiss was. And of course, in my age, as I've gotten older. It's a pretty special era for them when you think about it. But yeah, the only song I knew off it was Crazy Nights. And I remember at the time during the Hottest Show on Earth tour, like trying to go back to the album and listen to it. But I didn't, I don't think I gave it the appreciation or the or the proper length to listen to because i i knew i was only seeing one song off it i do know reason to live though because you love the song always love reason song to live, yep. i've grown to know reason to live specifically the last i don't know six seven years um because you found a bootleg version of it that's really mm -hmm. good that, that you put on our uh apple music so yeah so this was my first time once again going back to something in the non-makeup era and really giving it the time of day i'm really glad we did We've said before the podcast were still kind of new. I didn't want to go through mm -hmm. every single album. We don't have kind of like the big tent poles to talk about. And I think it worked well having done Freely's Comet and with you guys not having a whole lot of experience with the 80s stuff. I thought this might be a kind of a, a cool way and we can save creatures for a little bit. But speaking of creatures, We'll do a little pause here real quick. There's been a lot of stuff that has come out 
at the time of this recording, we've had Des Moines come out that we've all had in our hands. That is a review that is coming out. I think Nico has probably worn out the first track, probably quite a few minutes. I won't let him touch the vinyl. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You're wearing a groove. (laughs) Everybody started receiving their love gun merchandise as well. And uh, the creatures box set is out. So I'm kind of curious, are you guys in a holding pattern with the creatures? Is this when you're going to pass and just listen to on Spotify? Where are you guys? Well, here, here's where we're at right now. We jumped on the, on the triple blue vinyl. So that's already, at, that's already nice. in the cart. They already took my money. Discover got charged <laughs> for that. So you know. I am, it's hard for me to sit here and think that I'm not going to get the box set, but I didn't jump at it immediately. And it, and has a lot of our fellow podcasters were, were great to point out. It is on Amazon right now, and it's a little bit cheaper. So we've got a little bit of time here, I think, to decide. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how the finances kind of hold out here. <laughs> I, I because, hear you. Because in our discussions, you know, pre-game, pre-pod, we talked about the um, the anniversary for well, what we're going to talk about uh, today. And then we talked about Alive too. So I believe there's still other stuff mm-hmm. in the pipeline here, and it, it really – it really does come down to dollars and cents. I, I like to be that collector that just buys everything, but I think we got to like hold ourselves a little bit here. So yeah, we were, we're in a holding pattern for the box set, at least one because of everything that came out before what might come out after, but also right. like we don't have as cool as the box set is. We don't have the same, I feel relationship with the album, the way we do with something like a destroyer. So right off yeah. the bat, it's like, okay, if this was a different album, if this was Love and or an Alive 2 thing, of course we're doing it because it's creatures. There is some, I won't lie to you, there's some cool stuff in yep. it, but knowing that we can stream it and mm-hmm. getting the vinyl, which was, we all kind of hoped that maybe this box set, the next time they do a box set, it would have more of a variety of contents. It doesn't really. So the fact that the vinyl were separate, you know, that's that's just yeah. where we're at right now. Yeah, I I will say this though, we we had some discussion on the previous podcast, I think when Brant was on, and we talked about how what was going to be in this box, were they gonna do anything different? Well, the box is pretty identical in terms of content to what mm-hmm. Destroyer was. And even though when I look at it now, even though I was looking for some different stuff, I do think it's kind of cool that it is following a pattern. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to forgive them at this point for not including the vinyl. I don't know. And then, and then I've heard some discussions, you know, I was listening to the shout it out loud guys and they're the best Tom and Zeus. And mm-hmm. I think Tom was talking about Metallica, how like for $200, you get oh, like yeah. so much more. And when you think about it, then I'm like kind of torn, like my God, you know, kiss is charging a hundred dollars more and we're getting way less. I mean, they're giving you multiple live shows, vinyl, cds just a whole bunch of stuff but then on the other hand i say it's kind of cool that it is the same content so i'm just pretty mixed up about it It, i'm I'm of the camp that if they could keep this soundboard series going i hope Mm -hmm. this thing stays same here because the one one a quarter is it's so fun in this boring world that we live in to 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 feel like you got every quarter you're going to get a kiss live thing oh, yeah. and, and and you know whether you're going to love it or not so i hope they keep doing that i hope they keep doing the box sets and then the colored vinyl for me is fine so i'm not going to be greedy here i'm going to say just keep the content coming yeah i think for me if 
if Kiss had said, all right, we're going to do five of these box sets, I honestly probably would have skipped Destroyer knowing that Creatures was next, mm-hmm. but being at the Destroyer was the first one, like, oh, I want to I want to mm-hmm. experience the ride that everybody else is experiencing so I can totally get it that I don't have the, again, I love Destroyer, but if it was Destroyer and Creatures, I'm going to pick Creatures That's fair. every time yeah. so I can get it from the other side of going, while it's a good album, the contents like, oh, the book is cool, but it's not of an era that is near dear to your heart or maybe other people like they, they could do, you know, revenge later as a next one or, you know, love gun could be the next one and people are going to jump all over it. I honestly don't know if I would gravitate towards love gun. So that's one of those that my wife's like, you know, you can't buy, we can't buy everything. We don't have disposable, you know, income. I, I just spent all this money in the Amish. I got a wagon wheel outside. What am I going to do with that? Maybe, (laughs) maybe we'll take the wagon wheel and spin it like a record. So, but you know, at some point, I will look at that destroyer and I'll be like, it needs creatures next to it. And I will be, I will lament the fact if I don't get it, that's why it's probably about a 25 or 30% chance that we do somehow get it. But, and that could be after the fact, after the fact, there is a place I'd have to take a look at it where my wife got destroyer for me. And it was like $50 less than what it was originally. I think it's impossible import cds or something like that i'll put it it is i know who that is yeah yeah absolutely yeah keep looking because it'll hopefully it'll drop because i think you could still get destroyer today a year later you could still buy a destroyer box set Mm. so you could yeah okay to quote nico on a few episodes way back when if you just save your shekels a little bit longer (laughs) how many people here tonight have the album crazy nights Okay, well, let's take a look at this cover four crazy nights featuring Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Eric Carr, Bruce Kulick is the 14th studio album by American rock band Kiss recorded from March to June 1987 and released on September 21st, 1987 on Mercury Records. And it was recorded at one on one studios. So if you're a collector of some oddity stuff, one on one studios is tearing up their parquet floor like the Boston Garden would be, and they are selling off pieces of the floor tile that you could buy. And they're listing oh, wow. um, on the back of the tile everybody from like the Doors to the Who to Kiss to Metallica that have all recorded. And they on the back of it, it'll say, you know, this was part of the drum room. This is where the vocal mic was, mm-hmm. depending on your piece. So if you want to be really geeky and say you got a piece of history or Metallica history, you could buy a piece of one on one studios, Rumbo Studios in Los Angeles. And the album clocks in at 42 minutes and 80 or 58 seconds. And we'll get into it. The original title of this album uh, was suggested by Eric Carr it was going to be originally who dares wins. And the band thought it looked, it sounded good, but on print, they didn't think it translated well. So now that the album is called crazy nights and we have our fractured mirror, which ties into the last episode <laughs> yeah. for the cover. What do you guys think about the cover for crazy nights? Let's start with Nick on this one. I think it's a really cool visual. Like you said, a fractured mirror, 
It's got the it's got the real photo of each member multiple times, like you're looking at the different pieces of the mirror. I like um, I always like the kiss in the in the four quadrants, if you will, in the yellow, mm-hmm. which I think is really really neat. Crazy nights in blue. Their hair looks fantastic. They've all got the same color hair, yeah. and they're all striking a very serious facial expression. So it looks to me like a rock album should from 1987. Yeah. Fits the vibe of the time. Yeah, it, it looks like an 80s rock cover, which is really cool. I like the Fraction Mirror. I like all the guys on there. I, I love the rotation of it. It's very, you know, rock and roll over-esque to me. Yeah, you can turn it, and right? Yeah, you can turn it each way and it works each way. It's pretty cool. The funny part is I am just noticing they all have like the same hair. Yeah. <laughs> when when you really look at it, like Gene's the most distinguishable. Like the other three, you could kind of, I guess, haul too. But on first glance. It's the same hair or the same wig. Uh, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> we're, we're not making those accusations yeah, yet right but that's yay or nay they say i don't know right so have you guys seen the back cover to this album do you have i do not have no, the back cover so let us okay so i've got the album i'll have to pull it up here so here is the back cover yeah i've seen that now i should have known that so the, i really want to focus at mr paul stanley the bottom part of his pants Okay. Why do I have to see your bikini on the cover? That's crazy. Oh, wow. I never noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So you got Bruce holding his banana guitar, Gene with his bass, and Paul's like, no, no, I'm not going to wear a shirt. I'm going to unbutton my pants, <laughs> no guitar, and my blue thong. That's, That's un- crazy. Yeah. Real. Yeah. That's just one of those. I remember getting it and flipping it over and going, whoa, okay. Oh. Mr. Stanley. That Mr. Paul uses sex as a weapon, right? In the <laughs> words of Pat Benatar. That's right. Let's put the X in sex. From bikinis to pizzas and paintings. There you go. <laughs> Change man. And Starbucks and bike rides. And bike Starbucks and bike <laughs> and rides. Long, and I should say long bike rides. And the occasional ride. selfie on Twitter. <laughs> and the occasional political <laughs> arguing on Twitter. So it just sounds like Paul's having a crazy, crazy oh, yeah. night. Let's get into track one off this album crazy crazy nights was the first single from the album reached number 65 on billboard hot 100 chart and number 37 on the mainstream rock chart the song was also a massive hit in the uk where it reached four and to this day is kiss's highest charting single in the uk along with god gave rock and roll to you too crazy nights also went on to top number 40 in norway and the netherlands and australia by crazy nights written by paul stanley and adam mitchell so for the first track one that i believe all three of us are familiar with crazy nights let's start with nico how are you on with crazy crazy nights it's a great not only is it a really great song it's a great opening to the album you know it's the title track technically but i think it kicks things off wonderfully and it was cool because when i saw it live it's a song that became in my favorite tier list of kiss songs so i'm most used to listening to the live versions but i dig the studio version and it there's something um it's got a really great chorus it's got a really memorable and distinguishable guitar riff to open it up and it's just fun you know it's got a cool message too lyrically and um i'm it's a good one i have always loved crazy nights from i think the first time i heard it I really wish I could remember like that moment in time when I first did. 
I just remember getting a bootleg from the Monsters of Rock in 88 mm-hmm. from Germany, I believe that is. Yep. And, and I remember really gravitating to the song from that bootleg mm-hmm. when Paul introduces it. And it, it's a really sharp, I think it's a video. We talk about, you talk about your theories were off the soundboard and videos, but I really dig this track. It's a kiss anthem. It's a perfect yeah. anthem. I'm somebody that is a night person by nature. Yeah. I was born to it. How does Bane do it from Batman? I was born in the night. I was born in it. I just really love, you know, King of the Nighttime World. There's another song. There's actually two songs that on the end of this album that I absolutely adore. But Crazy Nights is one of those tunes that just makes me feel really good. I am right there with Paul. I am ready. You know, the people, let's do it. It's got a great chorus. We'll talk about Bruce a little bit, but this song is a fantastic opener, appropriately titled titled album, and it's the best way to lead it off. Oh, yeah. This was one, again, like I said in the beginning, was one that I was aware of and that I could hum and go, oh, that's that's that Kiss tune. Mm -hmm. And I was completely surprised on the Hottest Show on Earth tour that this song got played. This was like, I, I couldn't believe I was getting to hear crazy nights and uh i think it still translated really well and i liked it when they were playing it in the hot in the shade tour and even on the crazy nights tour to have the keyboards but getting to hear it really stripped down and raw on the uh hottest show on earth tour the sonic boom tour i thought just really kind of made the song shine and had more of a traditional kiss flair if you will to the song minus the uh the keyboards which that goes without saying, we'll probably talk about it. This album is very keyboard heavy mm-hmm. of the time. So uh, this is Paul trying to channel his John Bon Jovi throughout the album in, in multiple spots. And there's some songs. This song is notorious is probably the wrong word. This has a lot of songs they recorded from the album. And some of those songs went to other artists or they gave for movie soundtracks of things that never actually made this album. And there's a big one that I was always hoping was going to find its way uh, back into a kiss box. And I'll talk about that at the, we got to talk about that. I'm curious about that. You know, well, I'll fight hell to hold you written by Paul Stanley, Adam Mitchell and making his first writing contribution, Bruce Kulik, which he did have one on asylum, but on this album, he does get some sprinkled through this one for me is really kind of etched and burned into my brain as I don't know if you can see it, but off camera, I've got the Crazy Nights VHS tape. And you know, the videos on here are Turn on the Night, Crazy Nights, and Reason to Live. But the song that's like the little intro to all of these, they'll put like, you know, it'll say Crazy Nights. The intro music behind it is I'll Fight Hell to Hold You with Bruce's opening guitar solo. And that's the thing that always really sticks out for this song for me is Bruce's guitar playing is just screaming through this album. So in some instances, Gene would say things like, you know, we don't want, you know, I want a solid A chord, not a bunch of notes that sound like an angry B that Gene's famous for saying, but Eddie Van Halen was in his prime by this point. So they wanted that style to be adapted to the Mm -hmm. kiss guitar player. So Bruce really stepped up on this album and and other songs. You could hear him really channeling Eddie Van Halen. So well, in general style of guitar playing, I feel that I listen to a lot of the people that Ace did also, like Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton. 
But I joined in 84, and by that point, there were a lot of new techniques in guitar playing that were very popular, they were in vogue at the time, and I was doing them. I was dabbling in them, shall I say. And I definitely added that to the style of the Kiss guitar player. The greatest thing Bruce did when he joined the band is said, there are certain things I don't know, show me. Somebody with an ego that's out of control is going to walk in and say, I know everything. You're in trouble right from the get-go. I definitely lost out on an era that was uh, very, very important for the band. I mean, they had a persona that you can, cannot match. There was like a certain character that they all became with the makeup on. And that's tough competition for me. If it was up to me, I'd probably just put dog makeup on and be the dog of the band. Other guitar players of the time frame, the CC DeVille's and Eddie Van Halen's and so on and so forth. Bruce is really doing a good job of bringing that style into the kiss guitar player where somebody like, even though Vinnie Vincent could do some, you know, really cool stuff and Mark St. John, it wasn't really till Bruce that the lead guitar started to become a, a forefront and kiss kiss music again. So I've rambled on a little bit about I'll fight hell to hold you. Where are you guys at on this one? Great track. I think if we're going to, I think we're going to sound really repetitive here, but, Bruce Kulick is an absolute monster on this album. My initial notes on this song also talk about just how strong Paul is vocally. I'm not sure. I'm I'm gonna I'm having a blast going back and revisiting these 80s albums because as you know, I haven't listened to them in full some cases ever. Paul is an absolute monster on this track. Vocally, this whole album be strong. This song is great. It's got everything that you would want from a track. Bruce is killer on it. What I had said initially, I'm so glad you brought the Van Halen stuff up because I said there's a lot of songs on this album and the theme of it feels to me like Bon Jovi meets Van Halen meets the Scorpions mm. meets Whitesnake. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure who the who was the guitarist for Whitesnake. Was it um, Adrian? The, right, Adrian. Was that him in the 80s, 87? I, I believe so. And Steve okay. I would come in. The latter part so that might have been him i'm going to do it quick right so kulik is really tapping into dude he's tapping into all these guys on this album and he's shredding and plucking it it sounds to me when we did um the hits album this album sounds very different to me yeah they're they're really this truly is an album from 1987 there's no doubt it's got that gear all over it but getting back to the song without rambling, it's a great track, man. I love it. The number one thing that I took away from this song, and it, we see this pattern throughout the rest of the album, is how strong vocally Paul is. And I think especially when it gets to the chorus, he's really strong. And we'll, I'll touch more on what I think about the guitars later on some other song. But I was surprised at how much I ended up enjoying the song. But once again, just Paul is as good as Paul has ever been vocally. And it does feel like he is channeling the way Bon Jovi sings some of the songs with a lot of the high notes, a lot of the long projections. This was a fun one. Yeah. A little bit of David Coverdale. Um, sure. Did they ever play this song live, Rob? Uh, no, they did not. Did they oh, okay. That's again, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to ask this a lot of you during this whole album. Be disappointed at how many this, of them probably never did get played live. This is an album that gets a lot of play live. 
and the upwards of five songs from this album get played live. Okay. okay. But I'm pretty sure I know what they are because I have the bootlegs. Yeah. And a lot of the really, really good ones don't. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to be, well, we'll as, we, as we go through, we're going to be disappointed. But. Uh, I do want to mention the, I looked up the White Snake album at the time, which was called White Snake that he, had Here I Go Again on it. Yeah. So that was their big one. John Sykes was the main guitar player. John Sykes, that's who it is. Yeah. Adrian Vandenberg does play the guitar solo on Here I Go Again. And Vivian Campbell does a guitar on uh, Give Me All Your Love off this album. And again, those are all prolific guitar players. And Bruce is as good as any of them. And not to repeat myself, he's tapping in. I don't want to discredit him because it's him doing it. But there's no doubt that he was in tune. His ear was to the style of what was going on around him. And that's what they wanted. I think that's what Paul wanted, right, Rob? Yeah. I think that's, that's yeah. Paul was like, listen, dude, this is what we want to do with this thing. So before we get into the third song, typically on a Kiss album, you would get a Gene song and then a Paul song or a Paul song and a Gene song. The first three tracks off the album are all Paul Stanley picks. Mm-hmm. So this is Gene Simmons in his Hollywood era phase where he's shooting movies with Tom Selleck. I'll have some sound clips that I'll put in from the stuff that Gene was doing. Gene was very limited on his playing. I don't believe he hardly plays any bass on this at all. The bass playing is done by either Paul or Bruce. Gene may do one, maybe two tracks. So he was just basically coming in doing his lead vocals and all the other vocals are done by either Adam Mitchell, Paul Stanley, Bruce Kulik, or Eric Carr. Bang. Bang You. According to Paul Stanley, Bang Bang You is the classic story of boys and their toys. So what do you guys think about the classic? Did he he write this? Who wrote this? Was this? uh, Uh, This is written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child. Desmond Child makes this. Is this one of the first time he makes an appearance? Yes. This is a songwriter with Paul. Yep. Okay. You know, this song again, I know this song because I have a, I had a great, uh, bootleg from Tokyo, the mm-hmm. Crazy Nights tour. I think it's there's two nights back to back. Yeah, and um, this is obviously celebrating. Yeah. It's ten years from Love Gun, so I look at it as his homage to uh, the father of the song, which is Love right. Gun. But to be honest with you, this song is not my favorite. Yet it's very hummable, and it stays in your mind. The chorus: I'm gonna bang, bang, one, two. two. So even though it annoys me a little bit. And I, it does stay with me. And I know they play this one live because I have the bootlegs for it. It's one of those songs that's okay. I would have preferred they probably didn't do this and did like several others, but it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I'll give it that. It is. I kind of rolled my eyes at the chorus a little bit because I'm like, oh, it is, you know. And then just hearing that quote Paul says about boys and his toys. I'm like, <laughs> of course, of course, he said that. I won't deny it's fun. But yeah, it's probably, and I won't say this again, but it is probably my least favorite, at least of the first three, but probably of the whole album. But what's cool is it pretty much only goes up from here. So it's like one slight dud for me. And not that it's a dud, it's just wasn't on the level of, I think, the first two tracks and a lot of what comes after it. I do have a quote from Desmond Child. I'm reading this from uh, Kiss Behind the Mask, a great book. They break down a lot of songs like we're doing here. This is uh, from Desmond Child. I love that Paul and I wrote this one. We were always fanboys 
of Sonny Bono's song, Bang, Bang, My Love, Bang, <laughs> Shoot Me Down. I think that we definitely were influenced by it. So I thought that was a, a neat way. It makes sense. Makes perfect yeah. sense, man. I'm just going to pause here. We'll let Bruce kick us in to the intro of this song. Written by Gene Simmons, Bruce Kulick and his first writing appearance on the album, Eric Carr. This started off as a jam between Bruce and Eric warming up in the studio and Gene, when he was literally coming in the door, was like, hey, that's a good idea. And uh, Gene's quote from this song, he says, no, 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 is one of those car accident songs. Bruce started fooling around with the lick. And whenever you plan to do something, it usually tends to backfire. But in this case, it worked out really well. We tend to try and do something really fast. And we thought those songs were popular at the time. The lyrics came fast. Most of the chordal changes came from Bruce. It was not one of my favorite songs. But then again, what are you to do during this time frame? So Gene kind of is middle of the road about it. This is a banger of a track for me. I love Bruce's playing on it. The double bass by Eric. And I think Gene just sounds really good and really strong. He's got that great thing of being able to do his higher melodic voice. And then he can <laughs> slip into that demon voice. And the 80s demon kind of makes its appearance on this album and the song. So I've always dug no, no, no. Uh, let's start with Nico on this. Yeah, I was, uh, once again, it was crazy to just, it was crazy, pun intended, to not have a Gene song till like fourth and after three Paul songs. So I think you're right. With most Kiss albums, you, f- you fall into the pattern or you know you're getting a Gene song next. And so it, it takes a little bit of an adjustment when his vocals come in. Cause if you're listening to it in order, you, you have nine minutes of Paul straight. It was cool that you shared that it started off as a jam session between the couple guys. Cause that's very much how it opens. And this is the one where the guitar we've already said, it's so prominent on the album, but Bruce's guitar here, it really hits you in the face from the minute it starts. And then vocally and lyrically, it is a fun song for Gene and much like bang, bang, you sticks with you i said you twice <laughs> much like the previous track chorus stays with you that makes more sense this chorus is one i found myself humming to a lot this song is mm. this is a hard song man yeah. yeah this is rock and roll this is this is where i think i feel eddie i feel a little bit of van halen influence mm-hmm. on it it starts out and kulik is just a monster in the beginning on this thing and you're not quite sure where it's going to go because it is so different from what you've heard. Mm-hmm. The other thing I really love about it is the uh, the pacing of it is just yeah. chaotic. And yeah. this is where I call out to Eric. Now, Eric's a monster on the whole album, too. But this, yeah. he's just really great keeping the beat on this thing. And the tempo of the song is crazy. So I've got a. It's a weird thing here. Because even though Gene is really only on four songs yeah. in this entire album out of 11... And I know what he was going through here. And I know that Paul was driving the car. And at times, this does sound like a Paul Stanley solo album. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But I think Gene's effort on here, all of them are really freaking strong, man. Yeah. And this is, and I know we we did um, hits. We picked on Gene a lot. And I know Revenge, we love Gene a lot. For as little as he's on here, this song is the beginning of some really good stuff that I love from Gene and Bruce and Eric. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Love this song. No, 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 no. Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the third song that they played live, right? Third song they played live. Yeah. So, so far we've got Bang Bang You, Crazy Nights, and No, oh, no, 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 no. Right. I remember uh, this from the bootlegs. It's interesting yeah. to hear Gene be 
middle of the road on this song. Yeah. Me it's, too. I think it's, it's a I think it's a pardon the it's, word, it's a banger myself. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Another great point. Yeah. The last quote I didn't read it, he said it's not one of my favorite songs. It it has that who are you trying to impress vibe in a musicality sense. So I think he was and this this was written during the reunion tour. So I think okay. that they okay. were going back to us. I think if you had asked Gene circa nineteen eighty seven, I think his take would be very different on it so i think you kind of get into that frame of like well the 80s was the 80s type of vibe but i think at the time gene was very up on the song and it never left the set the i believe the whole duration of crazy nights tour this was always a uh, a gene song because it was a showcase for the bruce, bruce. kulik guitar oh, solo God. and then they came out of the guitar solo and went right into this song so it was a yeah. staple uh, the other funny thing uh typical gene the original titles of this track were assume the position and down on all fours jesus christ i think he came out with the right <laughs> I, title i think the right title yeah, yeah. jesus <laughs> mary and joseph <laughs> can we won't even spend any time on that let's just keep going that's yeah. right Oh no, no, hell no. those other titles. That's right. High water. Well, here hell we go. Here. High water. Here we go. Hell or high water is a song based on Bruce Kulick's ID and the riff came up during the asylum tour, and Gene Simmons wrote the lyrics. And speaking of writing, the writing credits for the song go to Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick. Come hello, high water. Nick Caruso. Man, I love, again, Gene's not we haven't seen Uncle Gene. He comes in here and he's got two really good tracks again. Hate to be a broken record. Bruce Kulick is magnificent on this. The solo is incredible. I love the chorus. It's got a lot of oomph to it. It's a it's a really good rock and roll song. I'm gonna guess they never played it live. No, Rob's I shaking his I head. Do, I don't believe so. I would I would have loved to seen Gene and them do this live. I think it would be killer. I think this is again a song with a lot of a lot of balls to it. And so for not having him, here he is twice, two hits in a row for me. It's a really cool song title, and the song backs it up. Like you said, it's got a lot of cojones. It's funny. We talked about Gene in this era, and once again, just the way the album is laid out to get now two Gene songs in a row and them have them both be pretty good, I think was rare for these albums if you really go back and well, look in the ones we reviewed where he has a couple that we back to back oh wow these are two really good really cool songs and two of which we're now even saying because i would agree with you i would have loved i would love a live version of this song because of and i bet it would sound cooler live with 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 some of the guitar stuff with some of the in, vocals. in those days with with uh, eric and with bruce yeah. playing it would this would have been this would have sounded absolutely killer live yeah it's too bad well not all right no live. No, no live. So the last track on this side in the cassette days and CDs were just the dawn of coming out. So we're right on the album. Dawn of the sea. This is as close as we're going to get to the Frank Sinatra nod. Here we go. On, on, <laughs> on, on the show, but we're going to find a way to bring Frank. My Way, written by Paul Stanley, Desmond Child, Bruce Kulick, and, or excuse me, Bruce Thurgon. I don't know who Bruce Thurgon is. American bass guitarist and vocalist songwriter played with foreigner Lou Graham. Yeah. He sounds like he's from the house of dragon. Yeah. yeah. He sounds like he's from game of thrones, but it's cool. He was a game house of thrones. We need, we need to align with them. Rob, you must marry into the family. It sounds better than action. Thurgon is coming. 
here's the deal with my way. You had picked this song on a show we did where we talked about anthems and you had yeah. such passion and love for it that I'm not going to lie to you. Like I went and listened to this. I didn't listen to the album, but I listened to this track. And mm-hmm. again, it is most famous song probably named my way is the one written by Paul Anka that right. Frank Sinatra performed. Yeah. This is a, again, in the, in the, I guess in the vein of crazy nights, this is a great anthem song. Yeah. It's wonderful. The keyboards on here are really cool. We get a little Paul Bon Jovi coming into the scene here. Yeah. And again, just not to the core. I love the chorus. I love the message of the song. It's a feel good song. It, it fires you up. But Mr. Stanley is just knocking it out of the park with those pipes, Paul. Yeah. Good. He's in the, Lord. He's in the raft. This young man, you forget. Here's the whole thing for me. 70s Paul was a good singer, but those songs were not like particularly challenging, right? Let's be honest with each other. We love all those songs, but Paul didn't sing on the classic Kiss songs like like he's singing on some of the stuff in the 80s. And he didn't really sing when we get to the reunion tour and everything that came afterwards. You just don't hear it. This is a very special time for this guy to wear. I've never truly given him credit for being the vocalist that he is. Yes, he's the greatest showman. He is my star master, my ringmaster, my front man, my rapper, all that stuff. But this dude, Nico, he could sing the shit out of this stuff, huh? I was going to say, it's it, it, we have the exact same thoughts on this. The only thing that I can say about this song, because it's so present, is how strong his vocals are. Like on this song, you're you're sitting there going, I died. It's hurting me. He was doing good stuff at the beginning on here, but this is the one where it's really like, wow. And it's, it's interesting. I would love to like play this song in particular and then listen to some of the, some of the Bon Jovi songs at the time and just compare because it's 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 not that he's copying Bon Jovi, but he's doing no, that dude, similar he's, thing. He's doing better. He's better than Bon. Vocally, I would argue that he's stronger on, and, than Bon Jovi and on some of these in this period. I'm I'm being honest with you here. I think that yeah. he's he's hitting notes and falsettos and holding and and his technique is just like he could never. I know they never did this live, Rob, right? No. He would have his underwear in that picture. <laughs> you That's why it's so, it's so, tell you so song, Rob. There would have been a big accident, I think, if you tried to sing this song live. I don't. It's, um, there would have been some physical, unrepairable damage here done to yeah. Mr. Stanley. I do have a quote from Paul here on this. This is, uh, that's just something that I came up with this on the keyboards. Since I don't know how to play keyboards, it wound up being very interesting. I think that songs like My Way are unnecessarily high. I was fascinated with my own range and thought, I wonder how high I can keep going and just kept seeing what my limits were. So this was one that I think they probably thought we're probably not going to do this live. And it was just take after take and seeing how high he could ratchet himself up and does a fantastic job. I, I think his vocal performance alone is something that I just I always loved about this song. And I and I really liked the lyric, like I said, on our anthems episode that I just liked the anthemic nature of you can do it. You know, you're, you know, uh, water boy, you can do it, you know, type of, uh, <laughs> you type can of do it. <laughs> this is also the first song on the album where right from the get go, the keys are so prevalent. Yep. Yeah. Right from the get go. And this is something that is very much 
you could go, okay, this is the Paul Stanley solo album track yeah. that oh, yeah. started yeah. diverging. Like, well, Gene's not here to kind of not rein Paul in, but there's nobody else to give a no, no, no to that. It was definitely going to be Paul going, okay, let's just try it. And I almost feel, and maybe I'm reaching here, but I almost feel like it's a precursor to live to win. You reach it. That's a good take. A little bit, Rob. That's a good take. It feels to me like there's a little bit of live to win in this song. Could, yeah. Maybe it's more the message. Maybe it's more the message, but but could this song have played in a South Park episode? I think it could have played like in a South Park episode. Did. Sure, I think in the world of Warcraft. In the world of Warcraft, that still might be the funniest South Park episode. A that lot of people don't say that, but I still think that might be the funniest one. Sorry to. So I've got to make a correction in this because I'm looking at the Kiss on Tour, the 2020 edition at the Crazy Nights set list. Go back to the last track and ask me if Hell or High Water got performed live. Rob, was Hell or High Water ever performed live? Yes, it was performed when? live once. It was performed once. November 13th. In Mississippi Coliseum in Jackson, Mississippi, Love Gun, Cold Gin, When Your Walls Come Down, Bang Bang You, Fits Like a Glove, Hell or High Water, No, 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 Reason to Live. And then the set list goes on and on. Wow. So they're playing a lot of Crazy Nights right in the beginning. But they only did this song one time. One One time. time. What was, why in Mississippi? Two, sorry. This this marks the last performance. Uh, the very next night, November 14th. So there we go. Two times. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe the crowd wasn't. Was that at the beginning of the tour? Very beginning of the tour. Yeah. Okay, night night one, night two. Got it. Okay. And then they probably were like, no, let's drop it. Because if it was just like a random, like middle of the road tour data, yeah. like, why did you pull this out in just Mississippi? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what was like, what is it based? Did you feel like it was hell or there was high water there? <laughs> Like, I don't know what you we, we need a place that has both hell and high water. And and Mississippi and, was the only one. There you go. Also, a great film with Chris Pine. Shout out to Chris Pine. Really nice. Nice. High water. Nice. Interesting. That's all I can give you on that, though. And the song's not in the movie, though, right? I don't. No. I, I have not like seen that. the film. I'm oh, just, you haven't. Okay. I've, I've just been, I just know it's a movie he's in. Okay. Missed opportunity. Right, Chris Pine yeah. discourse in the last couple of weeks. There you go. Let's just flip this uh, bad boy over. Take your cassette tape out, flip yeah. it over in the eighties. Cause you're driving down the road to track number seven or track number one. Again, when your walls come down. Written by Paul Stanley, Adam Mitchell and Bruce Kulik. And this song was played live. Oh, it was. Yes. Okay. I don't think it's on the Tokyo bootlegs <laughs> we have though. Is it? No, it's about middle of the road. It gets okay. It that, gets they, that they did it. Yeah. 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 My notes on this, number one, I love the chorus. This is another really good song. Classic song by Paul here. He sounds absolutely phenomenal. Broken record. Bruce is back. Absolutely killing it. He, I honestly, Bruce, I'm just going to say every song, if I forget to mention his name, I'm yeah. sorry, because he absolutely kills it on here. I feel when this song starts, I don't know why. It, it reminded me a little bit of the Scorpions. Mm, I, I feel a little that. bit of a scorpion vibe on it. Nick, I don't know how much you know the scorpions. They were a uh, are a huge band. Yeah. They've got a pretty distinct sound. It's a vocalist insect. Is Yeah, it is, is it's I'm not familiar. the Spider-Man villain. I know we always got to throw it back. That yes. Was he was he was J. Jonah Jameson did help incorporate the scorpion to Max Gargan or whatever his name. Everyone's like, who the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> scorpions are a good thing. Maybe one day we will talk about them. I'm not a 
I've never been a huge fan of the Scorpions, but I've always respected. Same here. They've got some killer tracks, dude. So once again, just Paul continuing on. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. Interesting. Um, nice. And I don't, it, there's just something about it. It's, I, I just love the way the chorus sounds and lyrically how it all comes together. Once again, I, I mean, we're going to sound like broken records here, but we have to, but the guitars are so cool. The guitars are so cool. And this is a one that I kept going back to uh, when I was doing a listen to this, this, and there's two other songs, which we'll talk about later, but I, I, I there's something about this one that really, drew me and like there's something about the concept of walls and walls being broken down both like physically and like emotionally and mentally that people there's it's just a concept i talk about a lot and i'm very into so there, there's just something about this one and paul's wailing man again yeah, yeah. wailing and I, I love the opening little oh. noodling that bruce is doing yeah, here Eric, and the symbols the other thing that i really like is Paul's sense of rhythmic style, the whole, and you got to judge your friends by the look you keep, but yep, that, absolutely. that whole, his whole phrasing, how he's tying it's really cool. phrases mm-hmm. together that probably shouldn't work together, but it's just his sense of his connective tissue with certain words that just make the melody kind of go right around the whole liar, liar, pants on fire. I know you want it. I know you want it. Just that whole, like you can, I dig this song. This song is very high up on the list of, my favorite one other song knocks it out of the ballpark, but this oh, one yeah. is right up there. I've always dug the song. Paul says, when your walls come down is another song based on Bruce Kulik's rift. He came up with during the asylum tour. Stanley had the chorus with Adam Mitchell's assistance and Adam helped finish the song. So Adam was a close friend of Bruce Kulik and uh, Eric Carr. And Adam got to do a lot of stuff with Bruce after Eric Carr's passing. So the two Eric Carr post albums were done with Adam Mitchell and Bruce Kulick. The uh, ballad off the album, if you are in the, the dance hall with your, your sweetie, the high school dance, you might've heard Eric Carr start the song off. Reason to Live, written by Paul Stanley Desmond Child. And uh, this was a high MTV song. So as much as I said, I, I wasn't, listening to kiss a lot if i turned on mtv during the dial mtv days this was right in the the top five consistently when this was out this is such a beautiful beautifully shot video this has always become like probably right behind forever is a song i put up a poll a few days ago about wedding songs that i would have picked for you know the wedding i've always liked the song it's not a song you'd put at your wedding it'd be the song that I would probably send to my ex-wife and hair. It's a reason to live, but it's not going to be your love. It's not going to be your, but Yoga it can't Hoser. be your love, Rob. It can't be your love. Yes. It can't be your love, man. This is probably my favorite kiss ballad of all time. It just ekes out forever for me from the minute I heard this song. And I don't remember if it was from that MTV days or whatever, but I've always been a sucker for, I hate to use the word cheesy because it's such a beautifully constructed song, but it is that thematic ballad from the eighties. I just love it. It's so melodic and you want to talk about a unbelievable guitar solo. Cause I know we were talking about the guitar solo in here is like, it's just, it's epic and it's, it's so strong and original and, but Paul here, he gets me every time with the song, man. I love it. I love this song so much. It's such a favorite of mine. You know, I always, there would be times I was confused that it was actually from this album. There were times when I wasn't sure. 
what album is reason to live from got a great love the live version from the bootleg at the ritz from the two tokyo shows Mm -hmm. this is another one of those tracks that i believe was only played live during this tour correct and it's a shame because it's a it, there's a great version of it. I think on Kissology from Philadelphia, yeah, which is kind of a cool board, you know. Again, the keyboard. So I'm going to ramble on and on. I'm, I'm gushing this, so much about reason to live. This is my favorite, and I also think the best song on the album. Um, it, just because it is so special. This is a song that I feel like was this a really popular song? I don't know, Rob. I don't think it was a. I, you know, like a hit or anything like, like that. I have I have it some stats for it. Go ahead. Okay. So it Reason to Live reached uh, 64 in the Billboard Hot 100, 34 on the mainstream rock charts, 33 in the UK. The song also managed a chart in the Netherlands, reaching number 86. The music video was a big hit on MTV in early 1988 and regularly appeared as a top requested video on Dial MTV. So it had some it had some legs. If this was a movie, okay. it had some legs past opening release. Okay. Okay, because I feel like it's, I'm, but it should have been bigger. I like it, it better than it most sh- of the big yeah. power ballads. Right, like, it, I it, like it, it more. It should than- have been in the vein of a. God, do I? I don't want to say here I go again. But what about like, is this love? Right. Let's right. talk about a white snake, white snake song that was huge. Is is this love? Is a great song. Yeah, I would argue that this song is equally comparable as far as like thematic and just constructed. I I don't know why it wasn't a bigger song for God. me. I'm disappointed really that it cool wasn't message. that it wasn't bigger. It's got a really cool message, a really cool chorus. You know, everyone's got a reason. And again, Paul is yeah, fantastic. He is singing yeah. it, man. He's. I, I think I like this more than forever. It edges forever mm-hmm. off. For I me, think it. Kind of like you said. I think I like this more than forever. Paul Stanley said, "If a band was to be honest, they would tell you that at this time, the only hope they had of airplay." was about and the music video was a no-brainer that also featured playboy centerfold eloise brody reason to live was a success for everything that was there directed by marty colliner who did a lot of videos and did a white snake video also as well i don't have his information what video but it lists him as such moving on good girl gone bad written by gene simmons david springer and peter diggins Now, the information on this one, Good Girl Gone Bad, was written by Gene and a friend of Gene's and a songwriting partner, Peter, whom Gene Gene had never met. The song was lyrically based on something obvious from Gene Simmons' own personal college period, a young lady who Gene had gone to college with, and a girl started out as as a virgin, in parentheses, all coy and unclaimed, and they met up with the tongue. Sorry, Gene. <laughs> the only thing about the tale that ends was in the backseat of the car. And Gene says, okay. well, that is a fact. So cover your eyes, Nico. So Jeez. bad. <laughs> she just from the song for me and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Good girl gone bad. I love I love Gene's vocals on mm. this track. They sounds bad after having just read that, but they are just darn right sexy. He's in this lower register where it's cool i i could get why the song ended in the back seat of the car it just this is a well-crafted for for a guy that is i don't want to say half-assing it like he came in did what he was supposed to and left and left all the decision making to paul you said it first nick that he has some all his four songs on here are darn 
pretty solid on this album. And this is standout that I've always loved this song. Just again, Bruce's guitar, his solo in this and just jeans, just kind of almost not monotone, but his just even vocal through the whole song is just infectious. There's a theme throughout Gene's songs on this album, him and Bruce, he he's really got that hard edge side of Bruce. His stuff is just harder on the album. It's not as it's nowhere near anywhere near as melodic as what Paul's trying to do. Right. Right. Paul is trying to appeal to the mass audience here. Gene really just doesn't give a shit. And maybe he didn't care, but he certainly has four killer tracks on this album. Mm. And this is another one. I mean, the chorus is fantastic. You know, we're not talking about Eric Carr enough too. Eric Carr is a monster, man. Yeah. Yeah. Again, he's fantastic on this song. And Gene is just like the bad he really is the demon i guess he's the demon without makeup on this album Mm -hmm. but he's it's fantastic nico i love it yeah his rob i'm glad you brought up his vocals and just how how they sound he is doing something really cool with his voice here that setup did take away a little bit from my enjoyment of the song i don't know what else to say did he ruin it for you nico because, no no rob's fault it's, Jean, it's gene's fault she's got all things to say about the song but the song I'm says like, good girl gone bad what I, do you no, think it's i about? know on, i know but just the way some of that was described right. i was like yeah listen it's a cool song it's a cool song you it's think really it's good. a good Girl Scout cookie no, girl dude. and she kept the money listen she stole the money and didn't turn it into her troop listen. later what do you think it's listen, about? Come on. Listen, there's just something about, I don't know why. There's just something about when this band talks about like sex and stuff. And That's just, all like, they do though. But I, but I don't like hearing them actually say it. Actually saying like <laughs> anyone else can. And I don't know why, cause all their songs are about it. But like, cause then you think about this song and then you go back to like Christine 16 and you're like, Man, was Gene was Gene okay? Here's this, this, this some things he <laughs> yeah, said yeah. back in the day that it does say he was up. in college, so it's not like he's current. That's Gene true. Yeah, it's true. Going through because you know Gene was going to be a teacher, so uh, he was. Right. That's so, jam for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's a good song. So let's move on wow. to I think these last two songs are flipped. When I say turn on the night turn on the night written by paul stanley and diane warren so diane, diane warren was warren. a mega what a writer i'm gonna read this little little section here turn on the night was the third single off the album third and final single video was directed by <laughs> marty colner again who did reason to live it was made in woodchester massachusetts on january 27th 1988 it was played twice over the pa they never played this song live Why? at the show. Why? So this song had never got played until Bruce Kulik has recently done it on his Vegas tour on New Year's Eve. I think he did it at like Creatures Fest and maybe uh, a Kiss Cruise, but they never played the song. I love the song. The song reached number 41 in the, uh, in the UK. And it, in the UK. In the UK. It didn't chart in the US by that point, I think. People had kind of had moved on from the album, but it was also big in Iceland too, wasn't it? Yeah, (laughs) it was big, huge in Iceland at the time. But man, what what a fantastic song! I love this song. Wow, to me, this is the album closer. I think the last song, these two songs, I would have flipped. I would have had Gene to do two back to back songs. What a fantastic, fantastic song! I love Bruce's solo and my 
my best friend Ben and I, when we started listening to this album, there's a line where Paul says, Hey, babe, for whatever reason, we thought he was saying, Hey, Dave. And we, were, hysterical. and we were like, is he talking about David Lee Roth? Like for years, That's you know, the cassette tape we had didn't have the lyrics in it until I don't know how many years later we got to looking at it. It's like, oh, it's not. Hey, Dave. Today, we still sing. Hey, Dave, when we hear the song. So That's turn funny. on the night. Nick. That's funny. Nico, oh, man, Nico. turn on the night is fantastic. It's great. I mean, keyboards, Bruce, everybody. It, it's 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 actually your third anthem on this album. Mm-hmm. 11 songs. And Paul gave us three songs that could have been sung live, performed. They could have been concert openers, concert closers. Yeah. You're so right, Rob. If this ends we're already glowing about this entire album but if this book ended crazy nights is the opener and this was the closer that that is a little bit of a mistake that we could say they didn't do but this is a a killer tune i i'm gonna throw it to nico because everything about it is perfect i love it i'm just so disappointed that these gentlemen never played it live now i gotta ask rob a question before i throw it to you nico Is Bruce have are there any live? Has Bruce released any live stuff where he's doing these Kiss songs or not yet? He's been posting stuff on his Bruce Kulick page, so you can actually see him and his band with Eric Singer on drums playing this track. I think like a good, a pretty good mix of it. Like a, a great, a good, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. not just like some audience crappy shot or anything no, like that. Or a, a good mix of it. Yeah, I would hope. I would think it would be really cool if Bruce would like you know put out a live CD. Oh or, yeah, even a live download where. Because again, shout out to Tom and Zeus on shout on uh, shout out loud podcast. They talk a lot about how Bruce. They did a whole show on Bruce Kulick, which was awesome. I think yeah, it was a few shows great ago. Show. And they talk about, and we don't talk enough about how great Bruce is and really how important he really is. Mm-hmm. And this album is a testament to how great he is. But I think Bruce really gets a kick that there's a large portion of this fan base that appreciates when he does play these songs live. Oh yeah. And you know, whatever do strutter, you know, shout it out loud. But these unheard gems from the eighties are really quality songs. And I would love, I would pay money to get a properly mixed live album from Bruce. How much? Who's doing the vocals now with his band? Todd Kearns. Okay. He's probably, I assume he's pretty good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's singing in the Raptors like Paul and he is playing bass and slash in miles kennedy and the conspirators he's the yeah. bass player in that band but what a fantastic yeah. vocalist yeah i might i might have to reach out to bruce and beg him and say please put some of this stuff out my man you are you are a, you are a wonderful just an incredible guitar player yeah i think this song should end the album and because that would have been a banger ending it's a it's another top tier song from the album it's in my top three it's so cool i, I like that you said there is a lot perfect about it especially when you think of an 80s rock song and yeah i a slight mistake we could say is that it doesn't close but there is so much so much to like about this one and this besides when your walls come down this is the one i went back to the most fantastic song the last song on the album like a thief in the night written by simmons and mitch wiseman and the uh Little write up, uh, Thief of the Night was a first recorded by Wendy O. Williams on her 1984 solo album called Wow. So, uh, that album is featured a lot of like kiss leftovers or songs that Gene, Eric, or Bruce wrote with either with kiss at the time or wrote for other people. So, that Wendy O. Williams album is actually a heavy kiss written album. Uh, this is my least 
favorite of the gene tracks on the album i think you know a lot of us are about you know album placement i think if this was placed a little bit higher even just one step up i think you come off such a high off of turn on the night and you get to thief in the night while it's still a good gene track i think it just suffers from album placement it doesn't fit quite well because the previous song just feels like it just ended this fun ride you had with the album and i almost feel as it's an afterthought or a a bonus track if you will to the album like it almost doesn't feel like it belongs so that's where i'm at thief and i again of the four songs that gene did on the album i think it's a a solid solid track and it'll be interesting to see what we pick when we go into our next segment so uh, i agree that i agree that the placement also hurts it a little a little bit because you're right you come off of this really amazing ride and then you're like okay it feels like a bonus track like an extra epilogue for some reason it is my least favorite of the gene tracks there is a lot of fun you could have with it it is a really cool chorus once again he's doing something cool with, with his voice where what's what you both have brought up is that well paul is in the rafters and he's really giving it in terms of vocal performance here, Gene is also doing something a lot more subtle, which is really cool on his four songs. And you also see that on this one, but I agree. I think the placement also hurts it a little bit because we're talking like just the way we're talking about it right now. You're like, Oh, and and compared to what our conversation just was. Do you think that? No, I disagree with you guys. I think the song is great. I love it. I, this is one of my favorite songs. I tell you what, I love the chorus. I love the little part he does going into the chorus with his voice, what he's doing with it. Once again, him and Bruce are like, they're just different. Everything they're doing on this album is different than what Paul's doing. It's a great yin and yang to like, Mm -hmm. they're just, they're they're much more harder. The songs sound a little, for lack of the word, darker, dirtier or whatever. Just, just cool. For some reason, this track, maybe because it's the, the, the title of it, I remember like going to this track when iTunes kind of came out and I was going back and, and listening to like reason to live and turn on the night. And I think I just let the album play one time, like not listening to the album and this yeah, track yeah. came on and I, I just found it. Like I love the bounce. No, no. I just love, I, I really mm-hmm. dig this song. I think Gene, I think Gene is four for four on this album and what he's yeah. doing in his role on the album. I could also argue that Paul's like six out of seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, but they're just, again, for the simple fact or the well-known fact that Gene was kind of not present, I guess, or whatever. He certainly came through on this album. Some last notes here. I talked about unreleased song. This album has a lot and I have a, a bootleg of about 13 songs that are demos that are on this album and then other songs that weren't recorded dial L for love written by Eric Carr. That's on the unfinished album for the, that the family produced for him. There's a song called time traveler, which Bruce Kulik's band has done that appears on the kiss box set. another fantastic song. Why are you uh, scratch and sniff? I think that's a gene song. X marks the spot. Dirty blonde, hungry. Wait, dirty blonde. Wait, listen, wait. Dirty Can you say that again? Scratch and sniff. Dirty blonde. Let me read them in order. Wait, listen, listen. X marks the spot. Scratch and sniff. (laughs) What goes up? Hunger for love. Dirty blonde. No mercy. Okay. So, Nico, that's not a Sharpie. That's not an ad for Sharpies. Another song that was written for the album is a song called Boomerang that we've already reviewed. Mm -hmm. So, Boomerang from Hot in the Shade is 
makes an appearance on here. But the biggest song to come off this album that I believe is a criminal that it was not released was Sword and Stone. Sword and Stone. Never heard that song. You need to go hear Sword and Stone. We can find it, I'm sure, on YouTube or something. Easy to find on YouTube. Yeah. When you hear Sword and Stone, you're going to look at Paul and Gene and go, why was this not on the album? Is it, it was, a Paul song? It's a Paul Stanley song. Okay. Bruce yeah. Kulik has played it ever since the Kiss Cruise has gone on. He's done some version of oh, it. Cool. It was given to German heavy metal band Bonfire for the Wes Craven movie Shocker. <laughs> so that's the first time I had heard wow. the song. So we thought, oh, that's really cool. So again, my buddy and I, we, we rented this movie, watched it, and then we're looking at the credits and the credits read Paul Stanley, Bruce Kulik. We're like, what album is this off of? So years later, we found a bootleg of it. So hint, hint, wink, wink. If you want a, a nice version of it, I know a guy that can send you one. But this is a fantastic song and should have been on the album. Okay, should have. I cannot yeah. underline should have been on the album. Okay. Wow. So go listen. with that, we know what it's time for. We're not doing the one, the two, no. the three, the four, the five, but we're doing the Nine. The nine. nine. The nine. Welcome to the nine. You may only choose nine songs to move forward. No more, no less. The nine is here. The nine. So, if this is your first time listening to the show, what we do here is take the Kiss albums. In some cases, they put on 15 tracks, and we the Kiss said, no, 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 we're not doing 15 tracks. Nine seems to be that number. So, we're going to take all the albums and whittle them down to their barest essential of nine tracks. We had done this for the Def Leppard album, and it turned out really well. We did this whole yay or nay thing, and it was kind of funny to hear this organically happen. Let's do that. I love Nico's idea of doing yay or nay. Yay or nay, we're going to go to nine here. So we're taking off two tracks off this album. Crazy Nights, yay or nay? Yay. 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 I'll fight hell to hold you. Yay. 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 Bang bang you. Nay. TV, I also say nay. Nay. Wow. wow. Okay, so we're <laughs> unanimous. unanimous. That's unanimous. fantastic. No, I, no, no. Yay. 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 I know. Hell or high water. Yay. 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 My way. Yay, yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when your walls come down. Yay. Absolutely. Yay. Yay. Wow. Reason to live. The yayest of yays. <laughs> yay to the max. Yay. Yeah, three times. Good girl gone bad. Nay. Ooh. Yay. Yay. I know we're robbing our yeah. nay now. The only one disagreement yeah. we got yeah. here. Turn on the night. Oh my God! Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! Hell say yeah. yay! Say what does Paul say? Say yay! yay. Say yeah! And thief in the nay. Oh, thief in the night. <laughs> <laughs> nay for me. It's for me. It's a, it's a yay for me, yeah. and I know it's a nay nay for the two of you. Nay nay. So it's pretty cool. I, yeah, pretty close, close, man. Really close again. It's a quality album, man. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I I don't know. Man, dude. I I know bad. we're gonna rank them, but this is this is really. Hard pressed to find a Kiss album. I mean, 
I don't mean to sound sacrilegious with some of those makeup era albums, but this thing is. And I gotta get. We gotta give them credit. It's strong. a really strong '80s rock album too. That probably yeah. wouldn't get put in that conversation. It it just probably wouldn't get put in that type um, of conversation. From what I could tell from the boards and over the years, I do think this album is kind of a favorite, though, right among the Kiss Army. Rob, or I, I, I how think do you feel? It's kind of has grown to be one that gets included in like top tens, you know, mm-hmm. list of kiss fans. Cause I think since Bruce's departure from the band that he's been so hands on and taken that kind, loving spirit that Eric Carr had mm-hmm. and really been kind to his fans. I think it's endeared people to his era of kiss to where people may not have been liking it at one point. I think they're starting to come to it. It's good stuff, man. And again, the, I think, the key thing here to always remember is like, you know, Mr. Stanley was really giving it his all. And mm-hmm. you could tell, man, they weren't just putting albums out to put them out. They were, they were really trying. He was trying to compete. Yeah. And, um, you know, if some of these songs, other bands would have sang them, they would have been much bigger. I, I firmly believe that the quality of the music is that good. And it was probably the fact that it was kids doing it, that it didn't, it just didn't, they didn't resonate as much with, uh, with the general, we like to call them the general audience or the, but that's the rock fans at the time. That would be the reason why. Yeah. Like that's a very fantastic point. Here's tonight's list. Let's go. Now, I screwed this up in the last episode and had to do a weird edit. So I'm going to try and do this right for our rankings. We've got the album cover. So I read them wrong right. the last time. Nick's album cover ranking from the bottom going to the top would be Revenge, Hot in the Shade, Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer. For the album cover itself, where does this rank in the album covers that we have? Being Destroyer first, Revenge being your last. You know what? It's still going to be, I'm going to put it last. Okay. Just because even though I think it's cool with the factored mirror and stuff, the, the five guys do look very, very dated. Mm-hmm. Very, okay. very dated. The, that look is one of, yeah, that's, nobody really uh, that's looks, 80s, yeah. nobody looks like that anymore. So I'm, I'm a little bit more of the fan maybe of not having your actual picture on the album. I've always been a fan of that. I'm not, I'm not too keen when the guys put their pictures on the cover. It's funny how similar we are because I have the same opinions of album covers. I don't like when they're on it. Okay. So mine, what is mine? So yours from the bottom will be Hot in the Shade, Revenge, Destroyer, and Ra Row. Yeah, I'm going to put this last. Last? Unfortunately. The mirror is cool, though. The mirror is cool. I won't lie to you. The mirror is cool. <laughs> mine from the bottom are Revenge, Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Hot in the Shade. Mine's not going to be at the bottom. It's going to go up one. So Revenge now drops down one gotcha. and Crazy Nights Destroyer rock and roll over. I that. So what I screwed up last time is the album placement. So here's the big thing. The album overall, Nick, your album from the bottom goes Ace Freely, Revenge, Hot in the Shade, Destroyer, rock and roll over. Where does Crazy Nights go in your list of Kiss albums? It, it leaped everybody to the number three spot. Whoa, nice. Yep. yep. I like this album better than Revenge, better than the Ace Ace stuff. This is yeah, this is this is good for me. This is this is an album that we were supposed to do this show a couple weeks ago. It's been like something that I've been kind of listening to on and off. I've added three songs now into my 
workout playlist with with uh, turn on the night when the walls come down. Crazy Nights has always been in there, so I love it. I really like this album. And for Nico, your list from the bottom goes Ace Freely, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over. Where does Crazy Nights fit? Man, it sounds like I'm copying you. Sorry. It's third. You do. Third? Nice. But it's third. It's above. Yeah, it's third for me. All right. For me, mine from the bottom is Ace Freely, Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over. I already have it placed. Crazy Nights, Hot in the Shade, Revenge. So I am also in spot three. That. That, that's cool that i i wrote that a couple weeks ago and uh, that's pretty awesome it's a good one man i'm glad we went but i'm glad i finally listened to this whole thing and gave it the respect because this is a cool so the last thing we have is the rbte playlist which this is pretty cool we're just picking our favorite songs we're each picking a song so we could have three from the album or we could all decide to oh reason to live is our, all our favorite song and that's the song that's featured on here so we now have 12 songs and we'll see how many more we add from Crazy Night. So, Nick, if you were going to pick one song to put on Damn, your it's playlist, hard. what song? It's hard, but I, I, Reason to Live, I, I can't sacrifice it for as much as I love Turn on the Night and some other stuff and Crazy Nights. It's just the way it makes me feel. It's my, it's my favorite Kiss ballad, so it has to be Reason to Live for me. Nico, what's your track you're pulling? Got to be Reason to Live. Nice. I'm going to be the outlier. I love mm. reason to live, but I got to pull turn on the night. It's, yeah, that's, I, I would be my second or third besides yeah. crazy nights. I have to be honest with you, man. You know, can't well, go wrong. That concludes our look at how about the creatures night, crazy night. The 35th anniversary of the album came out on Wednesday. Well, this Wednesday, the 21st of 1987, uh, the album had come out. So, Kiss is filling the month of September with albums that were dropped anywhere from the solo albums to Crazy Nights to Asylum, Animalize. It is a very heavy month for Kiss uh, releases. And, you know, rightfully so, as you're coming into the back half of the uh, year, getting to that uh, holiday season, this could have wound up under your Kissmas tree at some point. Yeah, this has been fun. This was one I was really kind of excited to get to especially off of the two of you being so jazzed about the freely's comet so one last little question now that we've listened to ace freely's solo album his freely's comet and kisses album came out right around the same time mm-hmm. aces was just a, a few months prior who do you think had the better foot in the door for uh, a solid album ace or kiss at this time frame man i'll tell you what i really like ace's album i mean i i'm amazed that at that time they were both putting out some of such quality stuff i i i didn't know that i was unaware that this was going on looking back at it and looking at it now i would say that crazy nights again is just slightly it's just more me yeah that's the best way to put it i i think that the I think that Ace might have, there's a couple things on that Ace album that I challenges what's on here, but this by and large is a better overall, more complete piece, mm-hmm. more of a, more of a complete thing for me, for what I, I like. would agree. The, the kiss is more along the lines of me. The Ace was great, but also at the time, it, there's something about crazy nights just fits a little bit better. Yeah. I think Ace was still trying to figure out who he was yeah. post-Kiss, and a lot of the songs, if I remember 
from our review and the information I had that they were kind of hobbled together. Like these were left over from when he was with kiss or Todd brought songs in. So it's not till you get to the second sighting album from ACE that that really becomes to, okay, this is who ACE really is in this moment. So very cool. Well, that's where we're going to end this show. But if somebody wants to kind of say, hey, I, I need a reason to tweet at you guy. And how do they get over your walls to uh, drop a DM to say, hey, we, we want to turn on the night. Let us know what's going on over at the Vigilante. Yeah, hit please hit me and then Caruso Jr. on Twitter with music, man. I'm, I'm really this show has just ignited my just love. I mean, music is probably my number one passion and i wish people would come tweet at me a little bit more about music don't get me wrong i love the superhero stuff and all that but we just went and saw the david bowie documentary nick and i the other day which was was really cool really a trip it was uh i'm still kind of processing what it was but it was really special and something so i love music so please uh, the more i want to talk much more music but we've also got a great show we do vigilante 939 it's three nicks it's my son to my left ear and our good friend nick zednick and that's where we break down all the DC movie, television stuff, all the MCU movie, television stuff, Star Wars. We're all hyped about the House of Dragons we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's just fun right now. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. Yeah, beautifully said. You can follow me everywhere at Nico Caruso on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just come tweet at me and look at my Twitter account. as a bunch of other shows and podcasts that we do or that we cameo on. Um, but you could also, I do film reviews on TikTok at Nico Knows Film. Just tweet at me, DM me. I will I will respond and uh, we, we'll talk about anything you want that is legal. <laughs> Not like Gene. <laughs> Not like Gene. <laughs> Not like Gene. <laughs> and you can follow me at DrummerRob10 where that's primarily what's going on. The other podcast is on the back burner for the time being, but uh, you can listen to old episodes at uh, ELTD podcast. Robin, everyone loves a drink is where that show is. But like I said, it's on hiatus for the moment. We'll, we'll get back to that at some point, but it's like Nick said right now, it's, it's been all music, all steam ahead right now for, for me. So you can follow me at drummer Rob 10 on Twitter. So on behalf of Nick and Nico, I'm Rob, and it's been a crazy night. And this is the three of us telling you to continue to love it loud. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Right Between the Eyes, a KISS podcast. All music and sound clips belong to their respected copyright holders. No infringement is intended in any way by this show. It's used to enhance your listening pleasure and to make the show come more alive. So if Gene could not send his lawyers, that would be amazing. You can get a hold of us a few different ways. We are on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash right between the eyes podcast. We are also on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can also email into the show and we will read all emails and this will allow you to participate in the discussion. You can do so at right between the eyes at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and hear why Kiss is still the hottest band in the world and why they still hit us right between the eyes. See you in a few weeks, Kiss family.